hello, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the HN House Podcast. And I'm so excited because I have my dear friend, Jake Helfer here. We're going to have such a great conversation. Welcome to the show. Hannah, what is up? I am so excited to have you here. And for those that are listening in, we actually met in Chris Carter's Mastermind and it's incredible. I feel like since I met Jake, I feel like your energy is just contagious and you bring so much value. So I'm so excited to dive in. So let's dive right in. And we're going to be talking all about speaking, book writing, the whole nine. But I want you to share a little bit more about your story on how you got to where you are now. Yeah. And I appreciate the compliment on the energy. Like we're about to fire it up right now. So if someone's listening to this, like they, they better like get ready. Like the energy is about to go through the roof. So let me kick off with the backstory. I was working for the Los Angeles Lakers. I was 22 years old. It was my first job out of college. It was Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. I'm like, mama, I made it. I was so excited to be working with the team that I had dreams of playing for growing up. And while I was with the team, I got to see the impact Kobe Bryant had on the world. And I saw this in a few ways, but the two biggest ones were people would spend their life savings or travel all across the world to come watch him play for the final time. And I realized that he had an impact that transcended himself and the profession that he had as a basketball player. And I was like, that's what I'm looking for. How can I do that? How can I have that impact on people to give them a feeling they will never forget? and a memory that they will forever cherish. So I kept thinking about it. And and one day after the game, I I come home and I am sitting in LA traffic late at night and I kind of get home and I ask myself, what do I know and how can I help? Mm -hmm. And fast forward six months, we'll talk more about it, but for right now, fast forward six months, Kobe retires, I retire, and I end up launching my very first book. And that was called Elevate Beyond. And that book became an Amazon bestseller. And it launched what became my speaking career and the start of an entire new journey that I could not have predicted six months prior before I had written the book. And since that point, I have gone on to speak all over the United States. I've spoken in auditoriums, in theaters. I have been invited on big stage keynotes. I've done workshops. I've been invited to China, all because I wrote this book. And fast forward is now I have four best-selling books before I turned 30. And now primarily in our business, I just show people how to write and launch nonfiction books to grow their business, land paid speaking gigs, and make an impact on the world. I love that. First off, that is incredible. And it's such a powerful story. And I have so many questions too. I'm so curious because you and I talked about this and it sounds like, so you started with the book first and then that moved into speaking, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a great point of conversation because there's typically two main ways people go into the book world. One is they're starting and, and I had no idea about this when I began. Okay. I want to make this very clear. Like I didn't have like some major plan. I wanted to be a sports agent. I didn't think I could write a book until I had quote unquote made it, but there's the way of, and we'll get into as much detail as you want. You can use a book to catapult you into relevancy and credibility, or you can use a book to scale what already is working at an incredibly high level. So there's two very distinct ways to use it, to write it, and then to leverage it based on what your actual objective is and where you're at in your journey. Oh, I love that. It was, I feel like a lot of people, right? Like you just, you came out with a book, you land these speaking engagements, which I also want to ask you, because this is something I feel like comes up a lot of, oh, what if my audience is not big enough? Did that hinder you, help you? Like, give us the feedback. 
All right, let me let me break this down for you, okay? Because this, this will surprise you and everybody that's listening, okay? I wrote this book. Again, I was 23. I didn't know what a book could do for me. I didn't have an email list that I was blasting things out. I didn't have a following. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew is I wanted to just help people. Like, and I had this message and I was like, how cool would it be for a 23-year-old to have a book? Like, that would put me in a completely different category than every other 23-year-old. And so I liked that. And what happened after that was, I had met with a mentor and I had met with some other people and they're like, you know what? You can speak on this book topic. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they go, you could get paid to speak on this book topic. People will pay you and you could be a motivational speaker. I was like, there's no way people are going to pay me to talk, right? Like I wrote a career development book one year out of college. How am I supposed to be talking to people, right? Didn't have a following, didn't know what I was doing. So I literally made a list of every single community college, 113 of them in California. And I wrote every single department that I thought might be interested in hiring somebody to speak on a book. Now, again, I didn't have a grand plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a niche dialed in. I wasn't confident on what I could talk about. I didn't even know what I was going to say. I was just going to talk about the book (laughs) and figure it out later. And I literally reached out to every single college on that list. And as Faye would have it, the first, second, or third, it was it was one of the ones in the A's got back to me and hired me for my first paid speech. And they respond back and they're like, hey, this sounds really interesting. Like your book is exactly what we need. But here's the thing. Are you able to do 12 presentations over two days? That's what we're looking for. And I know some speakers don't do that. And I'm like, absolutely, I could do that for you, right? Like I had never done this. I didn't even have the presentation built yet. And so that was how I started. I got paid multiple thousands of dollars for that first gig. And I was like, okay, I'm onto something here. The book has opened the door to new opportunities. Let's see what it could become. And that was how I got my first paid speaking gig, leveraging the book with no audience and no idea what I was doing. Wow. That is incredible. I didn't know about, you know, the reaching out to all of the schools and colleges, which, you know, to me, it's like this, this element of persistence, but resilience too. Like you just went in there and did your thing and like, look, look what it did. Look what it created. So I'm just curious, like with kind of taking a step back with like the book writing process. Now, did you go the uh, more like traditional route? Did you self-publish? Yeah. So I self-published my book and and I've self-published all four of my books, but this first one, especially because here was my mentality. Okay. At the time, everybody had said, you're going to have to reach out to 27 publishers. You're going to get rejected. And then maybe you'll find somebody and that could take years. And then once you get signed by a traditional deal, it takes years after that. And I said, I don't want to wait years. I have a message I want to share now. And I put the book together and also what publisher would have taken on a 23 year old with one year of work experience to write a book on how to get a job. Like no publisher would have taken that on with no following. Like there was nothing that I had right there except an idea to give me that in that in. And so I said, no, let's do it our way and let's figure it out. So I used Google. I figured out all these resources. I spent way too much time. Part of why we do what we do now, way too much time, tons of money that I didn't have. And I ended up getting this thing done super, super quickly and launched the book within a six month time frame for this very first book. Wow. That's incredible. Because when I think of like the book writing process too, and everyone has a different like perspective on it, 
like going the traditional route you mentioned, it's like, it's a very elongated process, but that's really helpful. I think for listeners to hear like, no, you can actually bring this to life in six months and really start to like monetize that, which I think is huge. So I'm curious now, so you're doing all these speaking engagements, you have the book and I have four. So how do you play this into your, I guess, like pitching process when you're starting to do these speaking engagements? Like, are you using the book as the main driver now? Because I'm so fascinated. There's so many different ways that you can use the book to get you these speaking engagements. One of the big things that I also want to want to clarify here on the on the selfish traditional publishing, okay? Neither is necessarily right or wrong. I believe that most people should be self-publishing. But I, I just want to mention this, is that you have to understand what is the goal that you actually want and what is the time frame you want to achieve it in. If you are looking to build your business, would you rather spend six months writing the book yourself, publishing it yourself, and then spending a year marketing it? Or would you rather spend 18 months trying to get it to the point where you actually launch it and then start all of that? I don't know about you, but I would rather get it done faster and then have all that time to actually bring in money and build based on the expertise that I've shared within the book. So that's also something for people to consider when they're looking at a time frame: is what's the actual goal? What's the actual reason you want to do this book? So now going back to really what you asked about how do we use the book to kind of pitch ourselves, right? Like we're in the process. So there's kind of two angles that I've learned over the years that you can leverage. Number one is you do the direct pitch and you're leading with your book. Your book is the way that differentiates you amongst all the other people that are pitching. If you just look at basic psychology around people with books or people without books, the person with a book is more credible than the person without a book because to the naked eye and just to people in, in society, we perceive people with books as more of an expert. Whether or not that's true, if you have a book on the topic, you are perceived as a greater expert than someone who doesn't, right? So you always want to use the book. So when I first got started, I was just very direct. Hey, I would love to come speak. Do you guys bring in speakers? If so, like, this is my book. This is how I could help. And here's what we could talk on, right? Like really just clear. I'm not really a beat around the bush type of guy. I value my time. I value someone else's time. And I also know that it's a cold pitch. I'm not going in like, yes, I want to build the relationship, but I want to go in letting them know exactly how I can help. And if they're interested, great. If not, that's cool too. So that's like the very direct approach. The other approach is more of the long-term approach. And I've used this approach a lot. And this is where you're giving a book first, whether that's digitally, whether that's in person, whether it's at a conference, you're giving your book first establishing the relationship, and then turning that into speaking revenue. And I'll give you an example, and then we could continue on with this. I wanted to speak with my second book, which is called Elevate Your Network. I really wanted to speak with a lot more leadership groups, colleges, high schools. I was kind of in that space. And I was like, okay, how am I going to position this to really get me more gigs? So I'd go to different conferences, or I would network with speakers. That's also a great way to get speaking gigs, but I would network with other speakers. I would go to these conferences and I would network with the people there. And the speakers would introduce me to other people that they've worked with or whatever it may be. And as soon as I had that introduction, I would give a copy of my book. I would give a copy of my book. And so there was one friend of mine who introduced me to a executive director of an organization who was in charge of hiring keynotes and, and workshop presenters. I gave them a copy of my book, Elevate Your Network. 
checked in with them a couple weeks later. Hey, how are you liking it? Did you enjoy it? They're like, oh, this book is amazing. I can totally see how this is relevant for like me as an adult, but also it's a great entry point for our student leaders who want to end up getting great jobs and internships. I was like, okay, amazing. And then fast forward a couple months later, they invite me to be a keynote at their event with 2,500 people. So now watch this. This this is just the beginning. And this is where most people stop. So now I get this keynote, okay? After the keynotes, I also have the power to sell books at the event. Okay, so this is how you increase your speaking fee exponentially. So I have a speaker's fee. Then after my keynote, I crushed it. So I have a people, hundreds of people waiting to come buy my book. I'm selling my book, signing it, taking pictures. I'm getting content. I'm getting new potential clients, right? Now, granted, this was a younger audience, so they weren't really like clients at that time, but they were book sales. That day alone brought in well over five grand between the two things. And my speaking fee wasn't five grand, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was this, okay? Let's see how it keeps going here. They brought me back for multiple keynotes over the next couple of years. They introduced me to other people. It served as tons of social content. I continued to sell books from it. Other schools started to bring me in because I had spoken at that conference. That single relationship, that $5 book I gave for free turned into 20 plus thousand dollars over the next couple of years from that one book and that one relationship. And so I really want to show people like there's so many ways to go about doing it, but that's what's worked for me. And and it continues to work for everyone I tell. That is so incredible just to see the trajectory of how it started here and how it ended here. So I'm just curious. Okay. Like 2,500 people. That's a lot of people. Did you ever like in your speaking career experience fear or like the fear of public speaking or just even like stepping out and like sharing your message on a stage that large? I'll preface this by saying I have an incredibly high baseline of excitement and energy. You know, some people are are deathly terrified of going out there. The bigger the audience, the more excited I am. Like, I'm a nut. I love that. I geek out on it. But here's also why I love this. I used to play baseball and I played center field. And one of my coaches used to teach me, it's all about the details. It's all about the prep work. And this is just, if you're an athlete, it's always about preparation, being prepared, right? You stretch before you play, right? So you don't get injured. When I would play baseball, I would play center field. And one of the reasons that I was so good at playing center field was because before the game, I would go out to exactly where I would stand. I would see where the sprinkler heads in the grass. I would feel the grass and see which way the wind was blowing. Was the sun in my way? How much room did I have to back up my teammates? Could I dive? Was there a warning track? Was it dirt? Was it not? What type of fence was it? I was meticulous about these things. And I took that over to my speaking career. And so when you go to speak, one of the reasons why I'm not crazy nervous is because I'm so prepared that all I had to do was just show up. And it wasn't where I had to hope I remembered. It was, I already knew. I knew what the mic sounded like. I knew where I wanted to go on the stage. And because of that preparation, it made speaking more fun and less nerve wracking. On top of that though, I love to speak. And and this is something that I always think about before every speech and before any, any time someone asks me about this is you as the speaker have to remember that the audience has zero idea what you are going to say next or what you were supposed to say throughout your presentation. One of the biggest reasons why we get scared of public speaking is because we're nervous about messing up or we're nervous about will they like it or will they not like it? And here's the truth. 
most people, if you're invited to speak, you have good content. And if you have any sort of energy, you're going to be fine and people will receive that. The more energy you bring, you could say nothing but have great energy and people are going to get excited about it. But you have to remember that nobody knows what you were supposed to say. So if you miss a five-minute segment of your presentation, the only way someone would know is if you let them know through your body language or through your words or you start to stutter or stammer. But unless you do that, no one will know. And that's happened to me. I've literally forgotten the entire key portion of a story. But I just kept going and I didn't realize it until after. And because I didn't realize it, no one knew. I realized after I was like, oh, damn, like they liked it. Imagine how much better they would have liked it if I didn't screw it up completely. Right. Like, so, so those are a few things that I would, I would encourage people when it comes to like that, that fear or that excitement or that feeling of like, this is big time. You're, you're on the big stage. I love that. And because I feel like this is like the big thing I also hear is like the fear of public speaking. So I just want to know for my personal self, what's your, like, how do you prepare? What is your routine when you're leveraging this book? You've gotten to the stage. What do you prepare beforehand? Well, it depends on what, what kind of presentation it is, right? So if it's a keynote, you could have 15 minute keynotes to hour long keynotes. On average, I typically don't go longer than a 60 minute keynote, especially in today's age. But if you're doing a workshop, right, that could be different. Maybe you're doing a half day event, right? So, so that really matters in terms of the preparation. Are you going to use slides? Are you not going to use slides? How big is the audience, right? If the audience is smaller, you can do more interaction. If the audience is bigger, you have to keep that in mind because if you do too much interaction, it's hard to bring people back, especially if they're in the back half of the room. What's the lighting situation? What time of the day is it? So these, all these things I start to think about and I just start to kind of understand like my baseline, right? I know, for example, if I'm the opening keynote on the morning after like the event starts the night before and then I'm the keynote the next morning, like I'm kicking off this event. The best thing I can do is bring the energy. If you're coming in after lunch, right? People are, are tired. They're sitting down. You got to get them awake before you start diving into your content. Otherwise, you'll lose them before you even start. Mm-hmm. And so different times of the day, different, different audiences, different sizes, different lighting, different content types, that impacts some of that prep work. But those questions will give you the answers you need because then you could create your plan. Ooh, so, so good. I feel like there's so much I'm taking away just from this one conversation. So I like to just kind of go back for a second with the speaking and the book writing, which I think this is a really important touch point here, which is like, you clearly have a clear message. Like, you know what you're sharing with the world, whether it's through your books or through speaking. And I feel like this is a question that comes up of like, how do I decide, right? A lot of the listeners that are listening in here, we have some that are, have been in corporate America for many, many, many years, you know, and have all this experience transitioning to their own brand. We have other founders in here who are service-based business owners who are wanting to leverage their personal brand. So how, I guess, like, any tips or recommendations on how to really cultivate like what that message is, whether it's through the book or through speaking? The first question you have to ask yourself is why do you want to do either? And what is the result you're hoping to achieve? Okay. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say you're thinking about speaking. Well, what do you actually want to speak on? What are you good at? What have you personally experienced and what can you help somebody with? Right. We got to ask those questions. Let's say you're like, okay, I want to speak and I want to speak on this topic. And let's say you're a sales trainer, you've worked corporate America, you're a professional sales. Now you want to do sales training. Well, great. First of all, you already have the contacts. 
So that's going to make your introductions pretty easy. But now imagine you had a book teaching the philosophy that you will have. That's going to get you in the door even faster and get you booked and increase your revenue on the, on the front end and on the back end. And it's going to speed up your time frame of being able to get booked. Because instead of reaching out directly to everybody and hoping they'll buy your speaking package, you can send books out every single day. And if you send 100 books out and you sign two, two clients from that, that all of a sudden goes and then you get referrals and, it, and it's like a rocket ship from there. So I would say you got to really first understand like, why are you doing it? What's the long-term objective? And then you have to figure out what makes the most sense for you to do it. Are you trying to move fast? Are you trying to make a one-time revenue opportunity? Are you trying to build deeper relationships first? I think that every speaker should have a book. Mm -hmm. There's just too much money you're leaving on the table. And I'll give you a a very concrete example of of what this could look like. Let's say you speak to 70 people, okay? You get invited to do, let's stay along with um, a service-based business on marketing, okay? And let's say you have whatever niche within that, whatever you're doing. You get into a 70-person small business, whatever, and you're the speaker. If you just speak, you just speak. Amazing, fantastic. If you have a book, I'm going to give a ton of examples here, but let's say of those 70 people, you're going to sell the book after. Let's say you get 20% of those people, that's 14 people, and let's say your book's $20, that's 280 bucks in cash that'll be in your pocket within five minutes after the event. Now, that's not a crazy amount of money, don't get me wrong, but it's $280, you do that five times, that's over, you know, a grand, right? Little things like that add up very, very quickly. Now, let's give a different example. Let's say you're doing 70 people. Let's say the host wants to buy 70 books, one for every person. 70 times 20, start doing the math, right? We're starting to add up. These things are starting to get exciting. Okay, let's give another example here. Let's say of those 70 people, let's say you give your book to all 70 people. Okay, watch this. $5 on average for a book. So you're investing $350, 70 times 5, 350, okay? And I hope everyone listening is like rolling with the math. I'll try to explain it as quick as possible, but not bore you with all the numbers. But let's say you give your book to all 70 people. You do your presentation. Now, let's say you have a 10K package on the back end. You gave $350 worth of books. Let's say of those 70, you signed two people, two out of those 70 people at 10K each. That's $20,000. So you spent 350, you invested, it's not spending, you invested $350 through your book to build that authority even further, to show people you care. And then you brought in $20,000 on the back end. That's a 7X ROI. No, mm-hmm. it's way higher than that. But you get my point. And so the point of that is there's so many opportunities to leverage your book. And that's just a few of the ways that you can do it. You can also get really fun. Let's say you have those 70 people You want to give a couple, you put your book underneath the seat and then you do, Hey, everybody look under your seat. And they look under a few people get books and you say, Hey, sign, come find me after and I'll sign it for you. Those people now have an incredibly, incredibly exciting opportunity to get to know you more. And those people are going to be watching you like a hawk and everyone else is going to be wondering, are you going to give more out? I need to pay more attention. So those are just like some ways that are just super top of mind that, that make it happen. So good. I feel like so many people who are listening to this are like, okay, now I need to start this process. So where do people start? What's the timeline? And you also have an incredible program. So like, how can people start this process of the book? 
So if, if you're trying to like figure out how to start the process of the book, the first thing I'd say is like, do you actually really want to do a book? Mm-hmm. The second thing is once you've decided that is we got to ask ourselves and we, we call this the five must do's before you write. Because one of the biggest things I see is people like, oh, I want to write a book and they try to start writing and then they realize, oh my gosh, this is impossible. Or they get a chapter done and then they revise it and then they keep writing it and then they revise it again. And all of a sudden three months have gone by and they're still where they started. So the first thing you got to do is you got to create that commitment. You got to honor it to yourself. Do you actually really want to do this? I can make it as easy as, as possible for you, but it's still going to be hard work. There's no way around it. You have to do it. Now you can hire someone to write your book. We can help you with that too, but you have to commit to the book. The second thing is you have to understand why are you doing this? So we call this your intention. You have to pick your internal reason, your external reason, and how you'll define the book as success. The third thing you must do is figure out who is this book specifically for? Do not try to write a general book, especially if you are trying to do speaking engagements. If you are going, let's just give an example here of what I mean by by specificity versus general. Don't just write a general real estate book. Write a book on how to make your first six figures with Airbnb without using your own money. Love that. Now, if you're pitching yourself, you will be the expert on that topic. You will then get hired more frequently and you will be able to charge more because you're a specialist. The fourth thing is you have to put this on your calendar. You have to put what we call book time on the calendar. And, and we suggest people put 60 minutes on their calendar four to five times a week and get your book done in an hour a day, no problem. And you'll have your book done in you know less than six months. And then the fifth thing is find somebody who can hold you accountable. I love my mom. She's my friend. She's my supporter. She's not going to be my accountability partner. Find someone who's going to kick you in the butt and make sure that you are holding accountable social media, people in your mastermind groups, mentors. These are great people for accountability, accountability partners. But that's kind of like the, the first steps that I would tell somebody if you're kind of thinking about writing a book, like, are you really wanting to write this? Why do you want to write it? And who is this book for? I feel like that really resonates with me just because on the PR side, I feel like there's a lot of like the commonalities because it's the same thing. It's like, why do this? What's the end goal here? Which you think is amazing. You are fantastic. And I feel like we need to do like a part two. And I would love for people to know, like, how can they connect with you? How can they work with you? Because this is just fascinating. I feel like my my wheels are turning for, for our brands. I'm like, okay, what are we going to write about? So yeah, fill us in. How can we connect with you, work with you, all the things? Yeah. So the best way to, to work with us is we have a few different ways. We help coach you from big idea all the way to a bestseller launch. Or we will actually do it for you. We will write the book for you. We will edit, design, publish it, launch it. Like we will do it all for you. So we have a range. We can coach you through the process or we can actually do the work for you. And we have a blend of both. The best way to learn more about that or to connect with me is to visit me on Instagram at Jake Kelfer, just my first and last name. And if you want to check out our website, it's bigidea2bestseller.com. And you can go there. And that's going to be the best way to learn about what we do. Instagram is going to be the best place to engage with me. You can reach out to me if you listen to this and say you want a free copy of my book. My fourth book, Big Idea to Bestseller, came out at the end of 2022. So if you want a free copy of that book, I, I'm happy to send you a and gift that to anybody who listens here. So just message me that you want a free book and you heard me on Hannah's podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll drop all of the links in the show notes for you. And if you're listening to this and you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review. We love it so, so much. And thank you so much for being here, Jake. Thanks for having me. 